Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. If you build it, he will. It's the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Couch. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good cold Friday morning out there. Western Oklahoma, welcome to The Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal. Boy, we're glad to have you along for the next hour. It's a Garrison Financial Friday. See as Scott comes rolling in here in just a little bit. I get his thoughts on. I bet he's got World Cup to talk about. What do you want to bet? Uh, probably it's a um, big week for the soccer fans. I've got World Cup to talk about with him too. Wait, when is the first game? Sunday. Like at what two a.m. our time? No, I don't know. You, I, yeah, I don't know. It's Cutter and I can't remember who else. The host nation gets the first game. Oh, okay. No, it's not Qatar. I don't know how to say it's it. It's Cutter. And I don't care. Cutter, Jared. It's Cutter. It's Cutter. Cutter. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see here. Uh, it's already pretty wild over there from what I've seen. Yeah, let's see if I can find the schedule. Ah, here we are. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> 10 a.m. our time. Cutter and Ecuador. Okay. Is, that's the only game on Sunday. Then on Monday, USA USA at one o'clock against the Wales. Do, okay. you know, do you know who else is in the group with the USA and Wales? No, everything I've heard, they said it's a good draw for the Americans. Whatever. England and is. Ireland. England. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry. England and Iran. Oh, Iran. Iran. Okay. So, um, do you know how this format? I, I always forget. Is it one team out of the group advances? Two, two teams. Mm-hmm. There's eight groups. Well, it goes. They're they're lettered because mm-hmm. soccer's cool like that. So whatever. What is uh, the H? Is that the eighth letter of the alphabet? A B C D E F G H. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so the groups go A through H. And then two from each group make it through to the knockout round. Okay. Like a bracket. So um, there's a chance, I guess. If, oh, no, they should absolutely. If the they, U.S. doesn't make it through this group, it's going to be um, almost as disappointing as not making it to the World Cup last time. Right. So saying they should be at least the second best. Absolutely. Without any doubt. I mean, England looks, I mean, England's going to be good. U.S. or England. The other one should get second. Should beat Wales, should Beat I mean, it's just U.S. has a history of not playing, but quite frankly, choking in the in the World Cup it, it, when they get there. So at least this year they're there. Well, at least U.S. saves the world champions in American football every year. That's right. And here joining I've us now. Been listening to you guys <laughs> trash my sport. Oh, we haven't even here. Oh, we haven't we, even really started yet. <laughs> I've been I've been trying to rush up here as fast as I can. Got to stop radio, those guys. All I hear is this. Is you singing the alphabet? <laughs> yeah. 
So, and it wasn't even well. You didn't even sing it well. Was there was there anything I said that was not accurate as far as the way this thing works? Oh no, I think you're. Well, I didn't hear you were talking to two teams come out of the first round, A through H groups, yep. A through H, and then yep. they go into a single elimination bracket. Yep, it's basically the Sweet Sixteen. That's right. Mm-hmm. And the the Americans, it would be a brutal disappointment if they didn't make it through the group. Absolutely. I mean, it's you know sometimes you get the, there's always the group of death, which it, like the, the Americans are not in that one this time. No, I think it was I think it was two cups ago we had we had like Germany and England. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. It was just yeah, it was like yeah, you're not gonna make it. But yeah, if we don't go two and one at a minimum, uh, we've got a lot of growing up to do. Which we do have a lot of growing up to do. I think the average age on the team is is twenty. That's youngsters. Yeah, you, you know it's you, you know soccer has come along a little ways when there's dudes on the team that you remembered their dads playing in the World Cup. <laughs> so like like Gio Reyna, that's Claudio Reyna's son, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And he was one of the better yeah, uh, Americans. Sure you know, when does Landon Donovan have a kid? You need to get one of those up there. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> so who is the favorite overall in this thing? Who is the favorite overall this year? Um, Brazil or France? Well, you know, people don't realize Brazil. Now, I don't know about this year. I haven't looked at this year, but the last World Cup, Brazil's average player was six foot three and one hundred and ninety pounds. See, I think of them as little b dudes. Yeah, no, they. Yeah, I mean that's their sport. That's yeah. the That's that's you know everybody here grows up to be either NBA or or NFL. Everybody there grows up to play soccer. So the biggest, strongest athletes want to play soccer. So, you know, because it's the greatest sport in the world. So let me ask you this: <laughs> to that, to to that 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 statement there, if the United States was able to just, if there was just a group of these guys, these athletes that started, like say when they're ten, and they just said, "We're going to dominate soccer," so our biggest brightest baddest athletes devoted themselves to soccer at say the age of 10 would they dominate the way that americans minds think they would or Absolutely. is there more skill to Absolutely. it than that Who, i mean like russell westbrook if he was a soccer player at six foot four 220 pounds and the greatest athlete you've ever seen well C- christian mccaffrey's mother McCaffrey, was a soccer yeah. player she was on the u.s team at one time so yeah so yeah absolutely without a doubt but but you couldn't just take those guys right this second no and get them out because of the skill that's involved in the game they'd have to start at an earlier age to be able to develop those things would you yeah agree with that? yeah you you i mean the way you see the way you see the way that tiger woods shaped the ball yeah. with his golf club in 2008 2009 the things that he was doing, the way that he could put it, he knew where he was going to put it right. every single time. That's what those guys do with their feet. Their feet is the golf club. Are the golf club. Right. Are, are the, are. Yeah. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys see what they did today? Uh, that's I've got it written down here. I mean, this, this, was, this is why I wrote this down. I, I had a feeling you might have some, some World Cup, and then this pops up today. So Budweiser and FIFA – had a $75 million contract for Budweiser to be sell beer, be able to sell beer in the stadiums, and the Sheik or whoever just said, no. Nah, Two days out. Not going to happen. The whole time, yeah, yeah, you guys can sell right. beer. I, all I can think is some English hooligans must have gone over there a little early. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some video. It's, yeah. That, I, I'd be I don't a little know. scared to be a fan over there. Yeah. You know? well, the but the now, Danish what, does people. Does Budweiser still get paid? I don't know. You think they're going, oh, we don't care. We still get our money. I don't know. That's what contracts are. Look, I, see that ink that dried on this paper the, will there, Will the FIFA? FIFA president have to give back his, his bribe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the interesting thing is because it's the, the contract. I mean, I think FIFA could make a, a claim that they didn't breach this contract in any way. Correct. I they, would think so. They've got it over there. They're, they've, they've, they're, their stipulations, they've honored I would think so. I would too. I think Budweiser may just be. So did you? Did, have you guys watched it? The, the no, FIFA no. Deal? I, we were talking the other day. I have not. Found, Go, absolutely I found it. I haven't watched it yet. So, so basically, what happened was 
the first two are kind of slow, but they're building, they're trying to show you just how how intertwined all of the bribes are and how it's going to everybody. Yeah. Everybody's getting paid for this except for the third world countries where they're supposed to be building soccer fields and <laughs> and advancing the game, <laughs> right? And uh, so by the third one, Qatar said, why would we pay those guys? So they just went to uh, the the prime minister of France and they said, we're going to buy 200 jets from you. And they went to the people in the uh, Asian islands, and they said, we're going to give you a huge discount on liquefied natural gas. And they, so they just bribed the, the people that ran the country. <laughs> they didn't even mess <laughs> with paying those guys. And that's what kind of kicked in. The greed kicked in, and some of those guys got angry, and the rats turned on each other. See, that's what I love. <laughs> that's absolutely what I love about this is the, the one thing about Cutter, they're going to do what they want to do. They're a little bit like, 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 say, the Masters in that regard. If you want to throw a fit, Martha Burke, about the Masters not having a woman as a member, guess what? We don't need sponsors. We'll just do whatever we want to. Absolutely. Cutter's yeah. that way yeah. a little bit, too. So, oh, you, you FIFA guy or you this other guy, oh, we're not paying you enough money. Guess what? How about none? How about we just go completely <laughs> over your head? And just get right and into your the prime government. Minister will give you a call and say you will vote. <laughs> that's right for Cutter. See now, that's what I'm talking about. That, you got to respect that that, uh, hey, that level hey, of. That's yeah, that's awesome. But did you see this was <clears throat> last night? I watched the last one because I wanted to see all of it. Mm-hmm. The biggest concerns, of course, were what we think of immediately is uh, 105 degrees while guys are playing soccer. Yeah, right. Um, over 5,000 foreign workers died building the complexes, the infrastructure. Oh, my gosh. Over 5,000. They were flying cutters, jets that they bought from France, were flying these people in from Indonesia and Nepal and places like that, and they were just flying back coffins. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was sad. That is that not is, good. That is hard for me to jump on board and watch this knowing all of that. Yeah. It was well. I mean, I just told you the whole. I mean, thing. that's the cost so, for for the World Cup. Is that yeah. many lives? I, I mean, it's pretty unreal. Yeah, it's not. I'm not a fan of it. I'm going to say our man uh, Tyler Harrison has the wrong text number going on here. <laughs> What's Tyler <laughs> he, saying? He went from best thing about soccer is the clock doesn't stop when the ball goes out of bounds to tell me about appraisals, a cash buyer. I think you meant. I think, I think, <laughs> I I like, think you need to text somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that too. Yeah. I, I thought that, this the is over my head. The clock doesn't stop when the ball goes out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> See, that that's one of those weird things that people maybe forget or don't know about soccer, but that, that does happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get to the end and you think, okay, it's over. But then they, they add stoppage that, time. The, the time. Right. Well, that's not from the ball going out of bounds. That's from injuries on the injuries field. Injuries and goals. And, but, and it also, but it also – Adds so much more to the end of the game because so much more excitement. Don't even know because you don't know until the game right. till till it comes yeah. to the last couple of minutes of the game. Then they say, "Hey, by the way, we got four minutes of stoppage time." And then you can kind of sense when the even though they're they're counting four minutes on the clock, but you can kind of sense that it's not over or that it's about to be over, right? Because it seems like if the team that's behind by a goal, and it may it might be a like three minutes and 55 seconds, but they're going, you know, they've got they control. Got everybody's pulled forward. And they're going to let them, like, have a chance at it, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, no it, but it, it seems like the referees, no, seriously, it seems like the referees will let, you know, whatever play, like, <clears throat> if they get a shot on goal and it misses, then it's like, ooh, it's over. Like, almost like watching the NBA refs. Nah, that's not Like, they won't call a foul goes. if it's in the That's not oh, what they Scotty, do. you don't think so? There is a, there is a official that is just keeping time up in a box So he tell So he kind of whistles says, down. this is how much time is left. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, though, if it's like three seconds. Now, 20 they, years ago, it might have been. They're yeah. going to fire one at the goal. And if it goes in, it's like, <laughs> oh, hey, guess what? I mean, one can make the argument. That this worked in the Americans' favor on the women's side that year that Abby That's Wambach scored at the very, very, very last second. This to, is true. This to is get true. things going. So Yeah. It it's an amazing event. I Jared and I were talking about the other day. I hate that it's in November. Oh, it's it was not supposed to be. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, obviously <laughs> we know why. I mean, workers were dying building the, the Yeah. Instead of having soccer players playing hundred and five degrees, they just had guys right. building workers, buildings. Yeah. In it. Yeah. So I get why you know 125 out there. You probably can't have guys running around. I totally, but it, it just 
it, it kind of gets overshadowed because, man, when it's in like June, it's the perfect time in America anyway. Yeah, it's dead. Because all sports are dead. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there's not a bunch of people want to watch a regular season baseball game. There's yeah, I mean basically there's nothing going on. I mean yeah. nobody watches baseball anymore. So. No, that's true. I mean if you a US a US Open weekend in golf in June. Yeah. yeah. Outside of that, I mean it's it's the it's, world's the world's stage. So, yeah, well that's okay because 4 years from now, Mexico, right USA, Canada, it's it's going to be right here. I mean, I hate to sound like the elite American, but shouldn't it be every time? It isn't. It's five thousand well, deaths. Of, there's plenty of stadiums building in Europe these? too. Is there? There's plenty of stadiums in Europe too. I mean, that's they, true. They have hundred thousand seat stadiums. Yeah. hundred thousand standing stadiums because you don't get to sit down. Probably down in, in South America. Yeah, I'm sure there I'm are. Sure, they have that down there mm-hmm. too. Central America. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure China will probably let a lot of people die to build more stadiums over there too. And just abandon it. Probably like <laughs> they did during the Olympics. <laughs> just yep. Completely abandoned cities. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about weird. That's that's weird stuff. All right, you got a prediction uh, on the game tonight? Tonight, man. A uh, lot of uh, blue fingers and toes. <laughs> uh, so so I was listening to, to you a little bit the other day. Uh, by the way, before we go to tonight, I didn't, I didn't listen any longer because I had to go into a meeting. Uh, the Cowboys are finally putting together a good season, and now we got to hear you guys complain that the Eagles have an easier road. <laughs> Oh, they do. There's I mean, no doubt. What a, this Here's is the why deal. people don't like Dallas Cowboys Here's the fans. Deal. I'll tell you what happened. On Monday, Jim was sick, and so Matt Ravis filled in for him, which meant Sam Humphrey's got to be the producer. And it was just a glad fest of Eagles are going to go undefeated. <laughs> and then I thought it was so funny that that very night they got beat by the damn commanders <laughs> that don't even have the right – mascot anymore <laughs> the washington football team yeah well, they should have stayed with that yeah they should have it's better than the commanders they should have by the way those commanders but those white unis were pretty sweet i didn't see them yeah, it's a good look but tonight uh i'm golly how exciting is this i mean you know it, it seems like every single game somebody else for the elks shows up big time and just i mean one game, Levy comes out there and just gets six yards of carry every single carry. And, and last week, Cooper comes out and just lit it on fire. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited, ready to watch it. Uh, I know those guys uh, had – they probably already had blue toes after practicing in the snow all week. <laughs> um, but I, I think as long as we hold on to the ball, we're in great shape. Okay. That's one. What about Saturday? Oh, God. Oh, God. After last week, it's hard for me to have any hope for my Oklahoma Sooners. Jared doesn't have any. After last week, zero. it is hard to have any hope. I mean, whew, that was awful. The only thing worse than the play on the field was the, co- was the calls by the coaches. <laughs> And that goes back to the is who do we blame? Coaches or players? Players right. or coaches? I, it was all terrible, all of it. Yeah, everybody gets blamed for that one. Yeah, except for Gray. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, one guy. I guess the only thing you can say about him is, wish you're a little faster. That one time he could have scored before the offensive pass interference. That's screwed it. what happened up. to Mims. Wait, did the guy just grow brick hands overnight? That one, I tell you what, it was he was so out of sorts. That on that touch that, that would have been touched. He didn't even touch it. It hit him in the face before it ever hit him in the hands. It's like his hands were cold and he couldn't get him up there fast enough. I don't know. I, it's it's sad. It's hard to watch. Uh, bring on next year. That's that's so, all I'm thinking. So no. I mean, obviously, I think I think that Oklahoma State is going to win. It's going to win. How are we? How is Oklahoma favored by seven? I think there's a lot of unknown with Spencer Sanders and it's at Norman. I think that's the only justification for yeah, that. we got to be able to get to him to make it matter. Well, if he plays or not. Or if he's yeah. 100% or if not. I'm going to say it's the old, I'll, I'll tell you, the old poke choke factor. The poke choke. In yeah. Norman, yeah. I mean. I, I do love it. It's this, I mean, the Vegas likes trends, right? I mean, they, they yeah. like those historical trends, and, and obviously the historical trend in this one is is definitely slanted one way. Here's a bad sign, though, if you're an Oklahoma fan. The last uh, – Elk City could make it to the semifinals tonight with a win. Right. The last time that Elk City made it to the semifinals two straight years, 
Oklahoma State won this game two straight years, oh. 97 to 98. Well, that's all right. I, I can handle my Sooners losing for my, for my <laughs> Elks. To, let's, let's go, Elks. All right, tell us about uh, what you got going on, Scott. <clears throat> yeah, come down and see me. Uh, got a lot of things going on, getting ready for the end of the year. Um, if you need to talk about talk about some tax stuff with your accountant, we can, we can uh, start a conversation with them. Uh, make sure that we're going to make the most of, of your earnings for this year. And, and if you haven't started saving, then let's get you started. Scott at SoonerWealth.com, 124 North Main Street here in Elk City, Garrison Financial. Thank you, Scott. Yep. Enjoyed it. You guys have a good one. Stay, stay warm. Yeah, stay see, warm. See tonight. Stay warm. Uh, I will be there tonight. I actually told I told Eric Jones, Austin, our quarterback's yeah. dad, I said, Eric, I'm not going this week. That was last week. I said, if they win this week, I will not miss another game. Man, I'm, I picked the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, too bad this wasn't another Thursday because yesterday was pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Right, the guys. problem is we're going to go to the game and we're going to see a bunch of people, but we're not going to know who they are yeah, because no. their faces are going to be wrapped up and all we're going to see their eyes. True. That's I it. I could pay somebody to wear some of my stuff. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I sure do enjoy watching you guys on the on the TV. That's you guys do a fantastic job. Uh, I mean, it's great. Thanks, I'm, I'm afraid we're doing it too good because people are opting to stay home. Then, yeah, I've had. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. Our color commentator for Big Elk TV is a heck of a lot better than that guy that was on OU's game last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with that. At least 100%. you got proper grammar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, at SoonerWealth.com, Garrison Financial. It's a Financial Friday with Scott. We always appreciate him stopping by. Absolutely. And if you need somewhere to watch soccer the next <laughs> month and a half, 124 North Main, Come or he'll just, maybe he'll just take you out and you can I watch will, it. I will not be in the office Monday. <laughs> <laughs> 1 o'clock Monday, do not stop by. <laughs> Maybe Boomtown or Fred's. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. Talk some Bedlam, talk some high school sports as well. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Now we're back! Oh, Jared. He's the... We had a recording for our Jared is, off-air comments. Jared is the epitome of the glass half full. I am? If you poured out the first half. <laughs> On this World Cup stuff. World just, Cup, Jared's not pleased. I, I, I was saying off air, and I'll tone it down a little bit, but That's I don't okay. mind the sport of soccer. I don't mind the World Cup. But this whole situation, it being in November, it being in, in Qatar, and that stuff Scott said about the workers dying, and then the, situa- the, the circumstances, how they got the World Cup. But you did make a good point that we can't remember, but it was shrouded in controversy where it was originally given to, and so they had to find another location. But I'm just uh, a little put out by it. I'd rather watch American football. Be- not because I don't like soccer, but because I don't like this situation. But I, and I'm like any other guilty fan out there. If the, if the Americans start winning... Oh yeah. Are we aren't we going to be paying attention? Sure Heck we are. Yeah. But if they go and drop one to Wales, am I like, well, okay. Another even, another 4 years and maybe even soccer can get the my patriotic blood flowing. It's true. I would uh, Well, I, anything, right? I mean hockey, right? Sure. In, in the in the yeah, But Olympics. I actually like hockey. Well, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, that what year was it when the Canadians and the Americans was it? Oh, eight. 
Winter Olympics. That it was, was in Vancouver, a, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a classic final. Mm-hmm. Man, that was fun. I busted out my American flag, so I was wearing it like a cape. Like 12, 8, 12? Something, something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. 10? No, let me think. I was in my old house, so it had to have been 8. Or 10, I don't know. Maybe 10. Because, you know, they got off where they weren't the same year, remember? Mm-hmm. Summer yeah. and winter got right. off. They, it, yeah. it used to be the same year, and then they've got every two. And same thing we said about soccer in the Olympics. If it's the Americans win a couple, and who knows? Anyways. Moving on. Let's talk about American football. Or, or we it's got some exciting. high school basketball tonight. What do you want, where do you want to go? Yeah. Uh, high school hoops. Start there. Arepo Butler versus Sentinel tonight. Canute, Hydro, Eakley, Eric, and Granite, Hammond, and Leedy. Those are Paragon TV games. Girls and boys doubleheader 630 is the tip for all of those. Paragon TV. Paragon TV yep. for all of those. Hammond, Leedy, rival. That should be fun. Um... Hydro Canute girls, watch that one. That could be telling for both squads where they're going to go this season. Rappel Butler and Sentinel boys. That could be. That's yeah, good ones tonight. There's some good ones tonight. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so that's Paragon TV 6:30. If you don't want to tune into our pregame, you want to watch a little basketball, or why not both? Or you can, yeah, you can mute them. I had someone yesterday tell me that they did that last Friday because oh, really? they had a, a, a niece or nephew playing. Said I had you guys on the big screen. I had the iPad on. On the other game. That's even a that's, a, that's a brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant idea. So you've got that Paragon TV. If you're not, if you're not, or if you're afraid, I guess, of braving the cold weather. Hey, by the way, hang on. I just saw this text. I missed it while Scott was here. Back to soccer real quick. You're going to bring it to air? I am going to. Oh, man. Will Bowie. Soccer is the world's most popular sport because it takes one ball and one brain cell to play. He asked us to please we are pass just, that along we to We are Scott. just quoting here. We are. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> Anyhow. Man, the hate for soccer. My phone's even blowing up. It's strong. Yeah, I don't get it. I, it's strong. Whatever. Okay. Because it is football season. Yeah. See, I don't think you'd have as much vitriol. Right. There would be some. There's people that just flat out don't like it. But if this was June... And all there was was the Rangers and the Mariners on a Tuesday night in Arlington. Right. People would be much more apt to enjoy the World Cup the way it's when it's normally situated in the sports calendar. Agreed. Absolutely agree. And I definitely am one of those people. And I wonder what the interest level is going to be when it is in North America, mainly the United States. You know what I mean? You're going to be hearing people going, I'm looking for tickets to the game down in Arlington. Oh, 100%. There's saying? going to be people. The interest oh, level is going to be no way up there. No doubt. All right, let's talk about Bedlam. Yep. Before we get to Bedlam. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, one of our one of the places will be on Monday, the Sayre Golf Course, Sayre National Sports Bar there at Sayre. Uh, they're going to have walking tacos and drink specials for the Bedlam game tomorrow. So if you're looking That's for good. a place to be, a fun crowd to hang out with, go over there and hang out at the Sayre a Golf Course. Sayre National, as the locals call it. We all just start calling it Sayre National. I'm way ahead of you. If we're being honest. I'm way I love it. So walking tacos and Bedlam football. I love what they're doing out there. It's awesome. All right, Bedlam. Uh, if I ask you, Jared, why will Oklahoma State win? What would be the first thing that leapt to your mind? Well, I – I think I said it earlier, Spencer Sanders. If he's going to play and he's 100%, that's a big reason. When you said it, he's the MVP of this conference because when he is not on the field, we know what we got. We've seen it. When he's on the field, we know what we got. We got the good Oklahoma State team. He He's the reason why I think they win. If he's going – if he is 100%, and that's a big – you know, there's the difference too of him being 75%, 70 65%. You know, with his arm, but he still has his legs, and that's still a factor too. But if he's 100%, he's playing every snap, taking every snap, and looks good doing it, keeps the turnovers to a minimum or none, Oklahoma State wins easily. That's why they win. I think it's interesting because we both said the same thing uh, as far as an MVP of the league being Sanders. I think most people, when you when you said, okay, who would you rather have, Sanders or Gabriel? Ninety-five uh, percent of the people would immediately say Sanders. Mm-hmm. Why? 
we I maybe because we've seen only what ten games of Gabriel and we've seen a lot more of Sanders and we when we we've seen lately last year and this year what a good Sanders can do. Does that make sense? I think I think it does make sense because this is the best we've ever seen Spencer Sanders. Yeah, yeah. And so the comparison to him for Spencer Sanders is to himself, who has a history of blowing these games. True. With just soul crushing turnovers at the wrong time. I mean, it's it, it everyone remembers the final score and then the aftermath of Bedlam a year ago. What they don't remember is Spencer Sanders threw the game away to Key Lawrence to start the third quarter, and he dropped it. To, he dropped a pick six. That game is over. Right. It's over, and the whole narrative out of that game is he did it again. And then, of course, Sanders turns around, throws the Baylor game away in the Big Twelve title game, then has an amazing performance against Notre Dame, and now he's doing what he's doing this year. But what is he really doing this year? Turnovers down, aren't they? Do you have it in front of you there? Yeah, I mean, I, so quarterback one has completed 176 out of 301 for 2,261 yards, 16 touchdowns, and five picks. Quarterback two has completed 168 out of 263 for also 2,217 yards, 16 touchdowns, and four picks. Those seem Pretty very, very comparable numbers, don't they? Mm-hmm. Well, that's Sanders and Gabriel. Right. Gabriel I, I, actually having the same amount of touchdowns with one less interception with the 16-4 to four versus 16-5. to five. Golly, makes you think, what if if uh, some cu- passes were caught by – Well, the, you know, but the point is I, yeah. I, th- I think most even – not even neutral observers. I'm talking about most fans of these teams. If you ask them – which quarterback would you rather have? I think almost everybody would say Spencer Sanders, and I think most everybody would believe him to have the far superior statistical numbers as well. Now, that doesn't take into account his legs, which, you know, uh, he, he's clearly the best running threat that Oklahoma State has. He's better than any running back that they've got running the football, at least right now. And that's what makes him dangerous, no doubt about it. But I, I think this—the idea that Oklahoma State has just this decided advantage at quarterback—I think is a little bit lost, uh, because both teams' defenses have struggled to a large enough to, uh, extent that both of these quarterbacks are more than capable of taking advantage of well, that. I think the maybe the better question is whose defense would you want? Oklahoma State. Yeah, because they have actually—it hasn't been consistent. But they have shown the ability to get pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma has not. No, you know, and you know, you look around with guy, you know, Colin Oliver. Oklahoma has nobody even close to that. Right. You know, and that and that doesn't mention Tyler Lacey. It doesn't look like Trace Ford's going to play. Brock Martin. You know, the, the 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 guys on the defensive line for Oklahoma State are much better, um, and are much more proven for sure than than what Oklahoma's running out there. Okay, so if I ask you why will Oklahoma win, what's your answer? <laughs> it, I'm gonna sound dumb, but uh, Spencer Sanders, if he doesn't play, because then you have Rangel or Gundy as your quarterback for OSU. That gives you, I think, OSU or OU a better chance. We you mentioned the run game, kind of inept with OSU. They might have some success against that porous OU defense uh, up front, but that that's the whole intangible to me in this game is one guy. And if he doesn't play, that, that gives OU the better chance. So that that's my number one answer. There's others, but that's my number one answer. How about you? Uh, that Oklahoma can make Oklahoma State one-dimensional. Oklahoma has not shown ability to stop the run much but Oklahoma State hasn't shown an ability to run it with running backs right um Dominic Dominic Richardson has kind of played the first half the last couple of weeks and then not the second half even then though I, I don't know Oklahoma State doesn't have anybody that truly scares you much at the running back spot I think Ollie Gordon can be good Nixon has got some explosiveness in the past game but as far as just you know turn around handed it off and being worried about somebody just gashing you to death, I don't think Oklahoma State owns that at the running back spot. 
quarterback, that's where I go back to Sanders. quarterback spot could yeah. be the could be there, but. But now, OU has a great, great track record of making backup quarterbacks look really good. Well, that's true too. <laughs> and, and I mean, you can almost—I mean, can't you almost see the story of Sanders? I mean, there's no doubt he's starting this game, right? Nobody believes he's not playing. No, there's no trickery there. He—he's playing. He's starting this they game, asked and he was adamant he's playing. So, but I mean, can't you just see the the made for? Hollywood moment if he were unable to finish the game, especially early on, and then out trots Gunner Gundy in his first Bedlam appearance in Norman for his dad, exacting some sort of family revenge on the Sooners because of what happened to his uncle to start the year. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's there's all these things where... uh, But but I think that that's how Oklahoma does it. They, They make... They make Spencer Sanders beat him with an arm that's been hurt. And if he does it, you tip the cap. But I don't know if Oklahoma's, Oklahoma's defense is good enough to force Oklahoma State into being a one-dimensional team. We'll see. I, I think I do think they've got a chance with, with some injuries on the Oklahoma State offensive line uh, that it doesn't look like Woodard or uh, Wilson are going to be able to play. That helps bottle that run game up. I, I think Oklahoma can – can at least manage the running backs. The question is, can they manage the, the the legs of Sanders? And then that also goes back to him, though. How healthy is he really? How 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 willing are the, are the Cowboys going to be to just to let him do what he does, and that's run whenever he wants. You know, call run plays and all that kind of stuff. And that's fascinated me as far as how healthy he is, because. One would think with the, with what Oklahoma what Oklahoma's shown defensively held just a week ago, a backup quarterback that couldn't throw it from me to you, but ran it all the way up and down the field in West Virginia's uh, Garrett Green. So, but that that's how I think Oklahoma can win, and, and they're going to score points. I think I think both teams are planning on scoring some points. I, I don't think Oklahoma State's defense is what it was last year, where it can just walk in there to Norman and hold the Sooners to seventeen or twenty. Something like that. Oh, just offense. They've scored points. They look at the Baylor game. Look at last week. They're you know they're scoring enough points to be in a game and possibly win it. The defense has let them down. Yeah. And as much as much criticism, and rightfully so, that has been labeled upon the Oklahoma defense. The numbers will tell you Oklahoma State's defense hasn't been much better. Yeah. Just quite frankly, it's been now. You you can say that they're. Are, are reasons behind that more for the Cowboys than there are for the Sooners, injuries being a huge part of that. And, and that would probably be uh, accurate. But, you know, that, that Oklahoma has given up 200 yards a game on the, on the ground. Oklahoma State's given up 163, and that number has skyrocketed in conference play. So that's, you know, that's, uh, I think that's how Oklahoma wins. One-dimensional on one side and then be able to run the ball and use Gabriel and all that. How many more of these do you think they're going to be? Well, I mean, everyone's saying 25 is when OU's going to join the SEC, so that tells me two. You think it'll be earlier? So we'll get three. Ne- next year. So 24 they're still playing? or 20? The, 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 two after this? Two after this, okay. yes. I'm sorry. Okay. Three after before today, whatever. So, yeah, two more so games. So this won't this. be the last one in Norman? Well, unless the uh, conference um, – <laughs> Um, decides to, you know, when they're going to release their new schedule, which I th- think I heard maybe around Big 12 championship time, um, unless they decide, oh, well, we got to switch this around so it could be back-to-back and still water. You never know. I mean, it, you know what I mean? You see, We've seen that before. Yeah, it's happened in the past. So, but if the if it's home and home and home and home, it's, yeah, the last one could be a Norman in 24. I say two. I don't say, I haven't heard any rumblings of OU or Texas leaving early. Haven't heard any of it. It sounds like they're willing to wait it out, and the SEC is willing to wait for them. So. I think this is the last one in Norman. <clears throat> you think two more mm-hmm. tomorrow and twenty three? Yep. Yeah, twenty four just makes too much sense with the Big Ten. That's when they that's have when, their new. That's when UCLA and USC. I, just I don't can see that. I don't see. Problem is, if if you know, TV is a big part of that, but yeah. I I just don't see the SEC letting the Big Ten get a year start ahead of them i think the thing is with me i take what the facts are and just go with it 
and the facts are. Yeah, I, that's what it looks like. I haven't like. heard yeah. anything different, so I just this is just what I do. I just I don't, try not to, <laughs> and I should more in this show is inject more of uh, what I think and not what I've seen. But I think that um, I think it's two more, and you could be right. Um, I mean, w- tomorrow and Stillwater next year, and that's it. That makes sense. I didn't think about the UCLA USC thing. Yeah, I just don't think they want them getting a whole. But year's. do they want to pay the money, or or both? Going ESPN to come to will an pay the money. Yeah, yeah. Because that money won't be near what it is right now. Right. I think that's where, and ESPN can make some can have some concessions with Fox in that last year of that deal, maybe getting, you know, a non conference game for Oklahoma and Texas on their network or something like yeah. that. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that can that can be done uh, to 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 get that done a year before i think and it may be but uh the, the the i would if i were the i would plan on this being the last one in norman for a while do you think the, the do you think that the the series history matters all that much anymore as far as with the way this game is played the way the game is coached and maybe the outcome of these games do you think any of that really matters anymore like going back I mean, we've seen close games for what the last shoot 10 years they've been close at least i saw something pop up rojo's won the last seven of ten and and they and even in yeah, those, it's actually eight of ten. Eight of ten excuse me and they've been close and i think a lot of people are leaning one way or the other that this game will still be close too so is that what you're asking does that matter as far as I, yeah just trends the, are concerned i mean i think you could make you the don't case, see a lot of blowouts in these games but i haven't I, lately i think you could make the case that the series record and and the domination that oklahoma has had in this series uh-huh. affected outcomes of games in the past yeah well i can see that too i know what you're saying like they start getting on a roll and it's oh, here we go again here we go again mm-hmm. and that that yeah they've dominated us and here they are dominating us again kind of like that um Oh, I, I'm horrible with years and games. Up in Stillwater, Baker Mayfield throws the block for Mixon, and that seemed like that, that sprung the onslaught of points, and it was a blowout city. Yeah, 58-23. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know if it matters as much. I, I, I thought what Mike Gundy had to say this week was really interesting, talking about how a lot of these guys are buddies, even though it's OU yeah. and OSU, you know, it, now there, there's definitely hate. There, there's there's a rivalry there. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if it's as it's as passionate from either side as it once was. I mean, when you had Les Miles and Bob Stoops those few years when Oklahoma State actually won a couple of games, um, back in the early 2000s, it felt like there was a chance that that Bob and Les might just meet at midfield and fight, right? And their players would be right there behind them, right? Yeah. I don't get that sense as much. I think it's in this world of, of Twitter and TikTok and Instagram, Facebook, all the social media stuff, and they're interacting with each other. And then in this world also where they're all going to the same camps in high school, maybe they played against each other in high school, you know, in the same state, in Oklahoma, Texas, wherever. And it's a lot, you know, oh, you're going to OU? Cool, I'm going to OSU. All right, man, I'll see you in November. And then they're still in contact with each other tagging each other on stuff i think that's a lot of it yeah and i and i see you know but i still think there are some who grew up in this state grew up an ou or osu fan and they were raised you don't like those guys in orange you don't like those guys in crimson and it stays with them you know there's gonna be those in-state guys that you know i came to ou to beat texas and beat osu I think the fans still have it, and judging by this text, I would root for the Iraqi All Stars before OU. Oh, there you go. I think the I think oh, it's, definitely, it's, it's definitely the there. Fans with the fans are still there. Yeah, I, and I and I do think this is a reason why. Not uh, this seemed like some sort of excuse or whatever, but what you're talking about with the the growing, I, I think there's that naturally favors Oklahoma State, and here's why. I think there's kids from this state that feel like they got slighted because Oklahoma didn't recruit them. So they go to – you know, I, I think that's just natural for the the underdog or the – I'm not going to say the, you know, little brother syndrome. Yeah. I think that's natural for that to affect the Oklahoma State side of this more than the OU side of it. But at the same time, and I thought another thing I heard walk, uh, driving over here 
Kerry Murdoch talking about he didn't think OU's players were going to be ready for what Oklahoma State was going to bring, like physically and intensity wise. That is a scary statement for somebody that's around that program that much. If you're an OU fan, but it, it but it feeds into that narrative of that I know the I know the the fans like to 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 say oh well you know I mean this isn't really a rivalry. Yeah, and when I you get go it. South for OU, that's what they'll say. I, I, and, I get yeah. it with the, the series history. I mean, 90, 19, and 7, we all know it. Well, at least the OU fans know it uh, right off the top of their heads. But at the same time, to say it's not a rivalry, I think is a little disingenuous because don't tell me it's not a rivalry when you know good and well every person wearing crimson and cream or every person wearing orange and black come tomorrow night the last thing they want to have to deal with is coworkers, family members, yeah. somebody they see every single day and having to live 365 more days of that. Right. That's the That's where it's it's a rivalry. rivalry. Yeah. And that only intensifies and this was on the text line. That only intensifies because you don't know how many more of these there are. So each of them become more important to win. I mean, here's here's the truth of it, Sooner fan. If there is only two more, and Oklahoma State wins them both, you really think the Cowboy fans give two rats behinds about it being ninety twenty one and seven, or do they care about? Hey, guess what? We won the last three of these things. That's right. See you bye. That is right. And that's where they do become more important. All right, give me a score. Who do you think is going to? Uh, actually, last thing. Last thing. Okay. What is Oklahoma State's biggest advantage in this game? Well, everything you said. Um, the the physicality. I think they're going to be more physical like that. And I think mentally they, they think they're the better team and they come in and win. But um, as far as play on field, it is Spencer Sanders. I keep going to him. If he's playing, that is the biggest – that is they have the that is the best advantage. That's the, their biggest advantage is Spencer Sanders. Yeah, I think it's it, he's part of it. And swagger. They got more swagger than OU. I think between I, – I just think those the receivers versus Oklahoma's secondary with a lack of pass rush that Oklahoma has able, been able to generate this season. If Sanders is, is remotely healthy, that is a tough matchup for Oklahoma yep. in the back end with with the way that those guys just uh, – they have multiple weapons back there. Uh, to take advantage of Oklahoma's secondary. And, and and more, honestly, it's not even – because I think OU's secondary hasn't been terrible, but what they've been asked to do is nearly impossible, and that is cover these guys that they're for in, inordinate because, amounts yeah, of time right. because they can't get any they can't nope. get any pressure. Right. You know, if you can get pre- – the, the secondary's best friend is getting pressure on the quarterback, and, you know, you don't have to cover for as long. You can take chances and all that kind of stuff. Forcing bad passes. That's right, to yeah. make plays, whereas Oklahoma, Oklahoma secondary has not had that luxury very often this season. Um, what do you think OU's biggest advantage is? Home field advantage. It's the only thing I can muster up, man. Oh, I think OU's offensive line has an advantage over yeah. Oklahoma State's defense. Maybe the beat run, up, maybe the run beat game. Beat up defensive line. Maybe the run game because of the offensive line. And Eric Gray's been great. He's been the lone star on this team. I actually think it's the same thing. I think it's the. I think Oklahoma's passing game is its biggest biggest advantage with the receivers against Oklahoma State's secondary, and a lot of the same reasons. OSU's shown at least a little bit of the ability to get some pressure on the quarterback, but it hasn't been consistent. OU's offensive line has been good, man. They're like 13th in the in the nation in rush offense. I think they have the going in at least with their advantages. I think they have enough. Uh, they have the they have a better chance of staying two dimensional throughout this game, using the run to work the pass and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. All right. So what's your score? Uh, it's going to be uh, a similar situation as far as uh, for OU. Say against Baylor, against West Virginia, it's going to be they could score some points. The defense is going to let them down. OSU thirty-one, OU twenty-eight. So under the total. Yeah, I'm going under there. Under the total. It's going to be cold. They're going to play a little tight in the first. Both teams. I think the first quarter might be really low scoring, and they can't catch up for that over, for betting purposes. But everything else I said, I. OU's going to do what they can. They're going to be playing from behind and playing catch-up and have opportunities and maybe make a bad 
coaching decision not going forward on fourth down somewhere and they're gonna lose and then swagger man osu has more swagger than ou right now how big was it to, for them to beat iowa state think about it i mean i guess he comes in he makes a throw yeah i mean that's you know, it, it they one, needed one that win they, they needed did. that win that's where swagger comes from i guess I want to know why the line's seven. And I, I want to know why Oklahoma's favored. I have no idea. Fool's gold. Uh, yeah, except for uh, you don't see Vegas do this. For, you, Vegas isn't in the business of losing. And I think if you were somebody out there in Las Vegas and you looked at this line, how hard and how hard would it be to walk up to that window and say, yeah, give me Oklahoma minus seven and a half. Right. And that's why Oklahoma's going to win. It is. All right, buddy. That's why they're going to win. Right. Vegas is telling you Oklahoma's going to win this game. I don't know how. I don't know why. But that spread is just it, – it, listen, when stuff looks weird, you see it all the time. Why is that line – I mean, we saw it just a couple weeks ago. Everybody was sitting here – we were sitting here that Friday going, how in the hell is Oklahoma a nine-point favorite over Kansas? I think it opened at 10. What are they doing? Yeah. And guess what? They beat them by 10. They beat them by 10. I got 45-35. Way over. Give me the Sooners. Okay. Just because Vegas says so. Oh, my gosh. That is this, a if this bold isn't, statement. If this right isn't a reverse jinx, I've never seen That's one what in my life. For. Hunter Hayes. Come on, Hunter. <laughs> really? Picking OU 35-17. That is such. Listen, if OU holds OSU down to 17, now what does he know that we don't know? Yeah. Yeah. If it, they hold him to 17 points. He must, uh, maybe, what's, the, what's the famous uh, maybe he knows Sanders Clark isn't Griswold playing. statement? I wouldn't be. What do you say about? With your head sewn on the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I woke up this morning. But yeah. tomorrow morning There's a fun. lot of unknowns in this game. I think that's what we're getting out of this. And it's hard to pick this game. I can't believe Hunter just did that. I mean, the reverse jinx of all time. That's what it is. He doesn't believe that. Nah. He's probably picking Hilldale, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker, dealer, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. It's in the hole. Are we back? Are you there? <laughs> Your mic work. Uh, you all right? Yeah. What are we supposed to talk about? Uh, well, there's some games tonight. One right here in Elk City. Pretty big. Are we giving score predictions? I don't think we're supposed to. Oh, that's right. What about other games? You can. Which games would you like to give a, sco- uh, a score want, prediction? I don't think we should. Why not? I don't think we just can't do this one because we're calling it. That's right. Seem like we're biased. So can we give our uh, our keys? Yeah, do that. Uh, well, Elk City Hill Dale, you've mentioned the running back is a stud, and uh, was he 15 yards away from career 5,000? Yep. 72 touchdowns, I think, in his career. Uh, That guy is a dude, and clearly he's why they're having a 
ton of success. You looked up the stats. They don't throw it as much as uh, they like to. It looks like they maybe throw it out of necessity. They want to control and pound the ball and control the clock and control the ground game and all that. I think Big Elks have had great success this year defending the run. And I think that's a big key is um, getting up front, work, and that's been a key for me every game, controlling the line of scrimmage and disrupting um, what the running back wants to do, maybe forcing Hildell to throw what they don't want to do. And um, I think that's where the Elk City can have some success. Offensively, keep doing what they're doing. That's uh, what Hildell wants to do, run the football and – and control the clock, control the ground game, and and uh, finish with points. Limit mistakes. It's going to be hard to, I think. That ball's going to be really hard tonight. And it was pointed out to me, you know, some, and it also worth noting, when it's cold like this, it gets hard. The ball gets, you know, real firm. It can get slick, too. So um, just protect the football. I think Big Oaks will be okay. We've seen him control some really good running backs. Really good running backs. Yeah, that's over the last couple of years, no doubt about that. You know, you, last year to start the season, um, Cornelius Landers from Pampa, who was coming off a huge season the year before. He only had like 43 yards rushing against the Elks that night. Um, Malik Murphy twice now last year and this year the Elks have been able to to really hold him down mm-hmm. you know a guy that we didn't see this year but did last year and I think he was a big part of of the success for Elgin was that Matthew Lund a young guy that that the Elks held way down and then even when you look at last year's quarterfinal this same round outside of one long run yeah and Emmanuel Crawford didn't do a ton. You know? That's right. The, the Elks did a pretty good job against him. The stats may not would show it, but if, if you looked, you know, there's always that, well, you will take that one. I know you can't take that away because it happened, but all in all, considering what that guy came, the role that that guy came in on last year, I think you'd, you'd give the Elks a, a, a passing grade for sure, if not an A, mm-hmm. for the way that they – were able to uh, to corral Crawford. Uh, then, you, of course, you look at this year, Murphy again. That guy had come, that, that guy came in averaging almost 227 yards a game that night to start. The, you know, and it wasn't just like two games; it was halfway through the season. And what happens? The Elks held him to minus yardage in the first half. I think you know he broke the one the one run of like 25 yards that got him back above water, but. 200 yards under his average so you're right elk city's got a they do have a a track record of being able to do to, uh, lately in, in the last two years uh, and i think that's a a pretty good time to look because last year even though he wasn't the head coach uh coach maynard was running the defense right so yeah i, I think that 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 that's definitely something that if you if you're looking for positives for the brown and white, you definitely would would lean to that and having a track record of being able to do that, for sure. Uh, but Eric Virgil, he yeah, he's a he's a stud. Uh, almost five thousand yards, seventy two touchdowns. He's rushed for over two thousand already this year. Yeah, it's going to be. You're not going to see Hildell abandon him if things get a little hairy early. Not at all. He's going to keep on getting the football, keep on getting fed the football. And if you're Elk City, you got to do what you did to Chickasha's running back, and you noticed it later in the game. He just he got frustrated, you know, it because at that point it's about third quarter. I think we started to see his his frustration come out. Like God, I cannot get past this Elk City defense. Yeah, but you, you got to so keep doing it, play you, after play. That's right, the thing you can't about let it. Up. <clears throat> because Virgil is going to be able to score from just about anywhere on the field. What was really what tone setting in that Chickasha game, his very first carry, Elk City knocked him for like a five-yard loss. Mm-hmm. And it went on and on and on. That's what Elk City's got to do. Yeah, but even that night, I mean, the Elks controlled the football. It seemed like they had it the whole time. They did, yeah. But even then, it felt like Chickasha tried to go away. He only got eight carries 
that night. Malik Murphy did. I, I <laughs> that'll be shocking if that happens tonight. Uh, I think Eric Virgil's going to get it 20 times at least, and the Elks are going to have to come up uh, and meet that challenge every single time he has it in his hands. Yes. Clinton, probably on the road. We're getting ready to, to hit the road right now. Uh, headed over to Poto tonight, 7-3 Clinton, 9-2 Poto. You've got the district champs in 4 uh, four a 4 against the second-place team in District 1. Red Tornadoes are following a, a familiar script since Coach Higby has took over, and that is no matter what's happened early, they've gotten better and better throughout the season. I don't. I think this one shouldn't be a surprise even as much as some of the others because of how they came into the year with so much gone off of last year's state title team. It, it should have been – the, the only reason it wasn't expected is because of the, the, the name, right? Well, it's Clinton. You know, they, they almost didn't get the benefit of the doubt – as far as being able or having to kind of get some guys in situations that they hadn't never been in before and, and roles were increased and all that kind of thing. But lately, starting with walloping Chickasha, then beat down Cash, now the win last week against a really good Blanche, uh, Bethany team, excuse me, seems like Clinton's kind of got things pointed the right direction, and I think they'll give Poto everything that they want tonight uh, over there in eastern Oklahoma. Yeah, and you can credit, like you said, Higby. And he, a good coach does that, right? Gets their team to get better each game, each after each game, especially in the playoffs. So if they're better than last week, they they could give Poto everything he wants, if not walk away with a win. It's gonna be tough though. But the things I've heard about Poto without seeing any film is that they're not as physical as they have been, uh, even compared to last year. So they too were dealing with some turnover stuff or a changeover with players, but um, they're still here. They're still in the quarterfinals. Every team right now is good. And um, I expect that one to be a dogfight. Another one on uh, ParagonTV.com tonight in Class B, the Hollis Tigers, coming off a 50 to nothing whitewashing of Cherokee. They head up to Sealing uh, to take on the Wildcats. These two teams, once Hollis got the uh, started getting the credit for the season they were having and made their way into the rankings, these two teams have been top 10 teams basically since the middle of of the season on ceilings lone loss came to uh, what is number one Oklahoma Bible right now ceiling does have that win over Laverne to their credit uh, but it does seem like Hollis is trending the right direction uh, you know they, they went into that game against Shattuck a couple weeks ago with their playoff lives on the line and they were able to, to blow out Shattuck 36 to 8 then against Turpin, a team that, that kind of fell off at the end. But uh, to avoid having to be the fourth seed and go to Oklahoma Bible, the Tigers whipped them down there um, on their home field. And then, of course, the, the first-round playoff win last week. Uh, I think this is going to be probably the toughest test they've had since since Laverne. Uh, Sealing's been a team, like I mentioned, just the one loss, beat Laverne, who's a lot of people's picks to win it all. Ceiling had a bunch of guys back off of last year's team, but I think this is also a team uh, we, that uh, that the Hollis folks have been looking forward to, uh, a team that's been coming and coinciding with them getting back into the, the OSSAA, back in the eight-man uh, Class B football. It's kind of a perfect timing, I think, of sorts uh, for the Hollis Tigers. Yeah, um, Ceiling's going to be a tough out, and that's, that's going to be a tough place to play at. If they can come out and um... – you know, they have a, the ability to put up a lot of points, and so does Ceiling. I, I see this one as a very high-scoring game. Very high-scoring game for the winner, for, for both teams. But the winner's got to basically outscore the other. That's, it has that feeling to me. Yeah, it seems like in these game, a lot of times in these, these eight-man games, even if they are high-scoring, it comes down to a defense making a couple of stops or making a couple of plays, forcing mm-hmm. a couple of turnovers. That ends up being the difference. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that goes uh, because this is a, it's a tough game. There's no doubt about it. A tough matchup on the road for Hollis uh, tonight up at Ceiling. That game will be 6.50-ish for the um, pregame, 7 o'clock kick uh, for Hollis and Ceiling. 6.30 pregame for us uh, on Cool 94 and Big Elk TV for the Elks and Hildell 7 o'clock kick. Also, a reminder – if you're going to the game, which you ought to, you need to go to the game. 
you can get your tickets now. GoFan.com. Just go to the OSSAA.com, that website. There's a link there. It'll take you right to the, this game. Click on it. You can purchase your tickets that way. Uh, it'll save you $7 through there. Or if you want to wait and, and buy a ticket at the game, at the ticket office, at the box, $10 if you walk up and pay cold hard cash tonight here at Big Elk Stadium. It's going to be fun. It's going to be cold. But that shouldn't stop anybody. Nah. Last chance to see this team on Big Elk Stadium. Last chance to root them on to what would be the first back-to-back semifinal appearances in 25 years. And maybe a, a shot at number one next week if things work out. That's right. Everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy Bedlam. We'll be back Monday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice.